What should I do? Give me a signal. Please, send me a sign. Ah, oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right, I'll try it your way. All right, Lord? I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please. Reach into my life. Uh, what the heck? Yeah. I got you. with ourselves we've all been there at one time or another where we've said God answer me God I'm going through some difficult times here I've got some bad things going on in my life and I need an answer I need some action I need to feel you I need to know you're there and sometimes when we're like that we hear silence you two sings a song called peace on earth and in it there's a line that says Jesus do you have the time to throw a drowning man a line he's saying God do you hear me? Do you care? Do you see all the problems I'm going through? Do you, do you understand what us humans are having to deal with down here on earth? And, and come on, you're the creator of the universe. Don't you, don't you care? Don't you hear me? That clip you just saw, that was Bruce Nolan from the movie Bruce Almighty. And he had just had a terrible day. All kinds of stuff had gone wrong, and his girlfriend had given him these prayer beads and told him, when you want answers, you need to pray. And so finally, he prays, and he gets nothing at all. And God was completely silent. Sometimes it's like that for us. We're going through difficult times. Things are going on, and we're wondering, God, where, where are you? How could you be involved in my life when all this stuff's going on, when, when I see all these things happening, when I see the pain, when I feel the pain, and I wonder, God, where, where are you? At LifePoint, every week we hand out Bibles, and there's some people coming down the aisles right now with them. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. They'll give you one. It's yours to keep. We believe that God can speak to you through the words contained in that book. And it can lead you into a greater knowledge of the creator of the universe. We're in the last part of a series called 
attitudes, meaning our, our inner attitudes. And whether you're here for the first time for this or you've been here for all six of them, you need to know that God cares about how you think, that God cares about your attitudes. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And over the last five weeks, we've looked at some of the teachings of Jesus and how Jesus was constantly reminding people that Christianity was a religion of the heart. That following Jesus meant change. It meant changing from the inside out. Because that's the kind of change that really matters. That's the kind of change that really has lasting significance. Is the change that starts on the inside. What happens when things don't go well? What happens when you pray and you don't hear anything? What happens when you're worried about the future? When you're regretting the past? I don't know about you, but those are the times in my life when I start to wonder. I start to wonder, God, are you, are you there? Have you been with me through all this? Because right now it sure doesn't feel like it. And I find myself saying, God, could you just you know, pay attention to me for just a minute and just let me hear you and you hear me because, God, I really wonder sometimes if you're there. You know, even people who walked the earth with Christ, people that could hear him teach, that could touch him, that could watch him, even those people wondered. Even those people doubted. One of Jesus' inner circle guys, Thomas, who heard Jesus teach about the resurrection and heard Jesus say, I'm going to be raised from the dead, when Thomas found out later that Jesus, after he was crucified and buried, that he had raised from the dead, the rest of the disciples were there telling him, and he said, I don't believe it. And I'm not going to believe it unless I can see him and touch him with my own hands. He wondered, just like we do, he wondered. There was another guy in the Bible named John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer. He was Jesus' cousin, and he makes a brief appearance at the beginning of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John was the guy that preached to people before Jesus came along. He was the guy that set the stage. He was the guy that, that he was the pioneer that went before Christ. He was a, a strange guy. He wore clothes made out of camel's hair. And he ate locusts, and he ate wild honey. But John also wondered. John also had questions. In Luke chapter 7, it's on page 717 of those Bibles that we handed out just a minute ago, John the Baptist wound up in prison for teaching about the coming Messiah. He got there and he started to wonder, is this Jesus guy, could, is he the one? Because I'm in prison because I was preaching about him and I was trying to convict people of their sin and telling them this new guy's coming on the scene and, and now here I am in prison and I'm wondering, is Jesus the one? John was the guy, when you read the Christmas story, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and it, she says, the baby jumped in my womb when she saw you coming. John was the one that jumped in his mother's womb when he got into the presence of Christ while he was still in his mother's womb. John was the one who baptized Jesus. John was the one who saw heaven open up 
and heard a voice say, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. But John still had questions. John still wondered. Did you ever notice how kids seem to have lots and lots of questions? Do, do your kids ask you questions, like, like hard questions sometimes? Or just questions that you're like, where did that come from? One day I just wanted to express my love for my youngest daughter, so I got down on my knees and I put my hands on her little shoulders and I said, Abby, I want you to know Daddy really loves you. And she sat there for a minute and looked at me and she said, Daddy, why does your breath smell so bad? I'm just like, gosh. When kids wonder, kids ask. When they've got a question, they want to know the answer. But somewhere in their little lives, we start to say, oh, don't ask that question. Don't question that because that's just not appropriate. Don't, don't ask. Don't wonder about that. You just got to accept it. Stop asking questions. You know, the biggest false assumption about questions is questions can be embarrassing. According to this assumption, it's embarrassing if you don't know something. So don't ask. Don't admit you don't know something. It, it might show you're weak. Guys, that's why we don't stop and ask for directions. Because we don't want people to think we don't know what we're doing. Right? Am I the only one that does that? A few weeks ago, my family and I were coming back from a trip, and, and I decided to take a shortcut. You know, So I get off the the highway and want to drive through the country, the sun shines, a pretty day, and, and it's not long till I've made a few turns, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't have a clue where I'm going, and I was watching the sun, so I had a pretty good idea where it was, so I was, I was trying to follow that and get back on the right road, and it wasn't long till I had to say, I'm going to have to, I've got to ask somebody, because I don't know where I am, so I pull over into this yard, and the girls are in the back, and they say, well, what are you doing, and, and my wife said, Daddy was trying to take a shortcut. I'm thinking, you want to walk home because, you know, I'm really lost now. And, and so I stop and I ask a lady, and, and she tells us how to get back on the road. You know, it's hard sometimes to admit that we don't know something. It's hard sometimes to ask hard questions. It's hard sometimes to say, I've really got, I wonder about this, and I've got questions about this. Do you have questions about God? Do you wonder why He does the things He why He acts the way He acts? Why things have happened in your life the way they've happened? I don't think you have to live very long at all to wonder and to question. And with God, it's okay to question Him. It's okay to ask God, where are you in all this? Something bad happens in your life, a, a death in the family, an illness, a financial problem, marriage problem, emotional problems. It's okay to say, God. Where are you? I thought you were going to be here for me. In the Old Testament, there's a young man named Jacob. And Jacob and his brother Esau got into a big fight. They got into this big argument. And Esau said, I'm going to kill you. Not like brothers just say, I'm going to kill you. I mean, he was like, I'm going to kill you. He was going to murder his brother. So Jacob took off and he ran away, away from his homeland. And he was alone and he sat down and went to sleep, and he had a dream. And in that dream, God spoke to him. And what's interesting is when he woke up, he said this in Genesis 28, verse 16. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Just because we don't feel God doesn't mean he's not there. 
Just because we don't feel him doesn't mean that God is any less absent in our life, that he's any less absent in the world. I've heard people say things were tough, and then God showed up and delivered me. We're the ones that show up. God's always there. God's always everywhere. He's at the party. We're the ones that show up, not him. Even though God's always there, and even though we don't always feel him, there's times in our life when we just wonder. We don't feel God, and we wonder what is going on. There's some key times when we wonder. The first one is we wonder a lot when we allow ourselves to become overwhelmed. When we get overwhelmed with whatever's going on in our life, and we start to wonder. Isaiah 38 says, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. Please come to my help. With the kids and the job and the running here and the running there and the conflict and the hours of work and you got to mow the grass and you got to go here and you got to do that and you got all this stuff going on in your life and it's easy to get overwhelmed and say, hello, is there a God around here because I could really use one right now. Things are pretty tough. When you're overwhelmed, here's what you need to do. Let go. Let go of the need to control. Because typically the more out of control we feel, the more overwhelmed we feel. We think, I'll, I'll just control it. I'll just micromanage it. I'll just do more. I'll just have more willpower, and then I'll get everything under control. And so much stress comes into our life because we try to be the ones in control. And I've already tried the master of the universe thing, and I stink at it. Anybody else ever try that to run things? Show of hands, you, know, you don't have to, and I see people raising their hands. It doesn't work. We can't run things. We can't control things. When I get to that overwhelmed state, like, like John was in prison, like Jacob was on the run, that's when I really start to wonder, God, are you around? Do you care? You know, the fact is, most of our lives, we're out of control, and most of our life is out of our control. The Bible calls our life a great mystery. And that's the way God wants it. If you could figure everything out, if you knew how to do everything and you could control everything, what would you need God for? If you could do that, why wouldn't you be out playing golf this morning, right? And God wants us to not, He doesn't want us to feel like we're in total control of everything. That's why we need Him. That's why we need faith. I know today there's some control freaks out there, right? I can see wives nudging husbands and whispering. I, I can tell there's some control freaks out there. And you think, if, if the world or if my family or if my boss or if my company would just do it my way, things would work better. Isn't that right? If you could just figure out my way and do it my way, everything would be perfect. There's a verse in the Bible just for you, written just for you. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. I don't have to figure it all out because God has already figured it all out. God is already in control. And you have to let go of it. There's no gum on here. I already checked. I got to confess something to you. I have not done a very good job with control. 
with letting go of control. I've not done a great job at delegating. I've tried to put too much on my shoulders and just, just try to make sure everything over here is okay and then that over there is okay and run and check if this person's okay and run and check if that person's okay. And I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago in Texas, one of my longtime spiritual mentors, and I was telling him how I just felt this feeling of just being overwhelmed and how I just, I just, couldn't, I just couldn't function anymore and I just had to get rid of this feeling. And I went on for 20 minutes of how overwhelmed and how just I felt this weight on my shoulders. And he paused for a minute and he said, well, the way I see it, Donnie, you've got two options. You can either change or you can find a bridge and jump. And I was like, I can see why you failed counseling courses in college, you know. Wow. <laughs> I'm choosing to change, by the way, just so you know. You can change or find a bridge and jump. Find a bridge and jump. And God says, listen to me. Don't, don't try to figure everything out on your own. Trust me. God, God wants and expects us to trust Him. When we allow ourselves to get overwhelmed with doubt, it causes us to wonder. John was stuck in prison. He was all alone. He was, he was overwhelmed, and he started, he started to wonder. He started to wonder, could Jesus be the one? Could he be the one that he said he was supposed to be? Because I'm all alone, I'm in this prison, and I just don't feel it anymore. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. But somewhere, John got separated from Jesus. And some of you today have never been connected with Christ at any time in your life. We think about you every time we think about what Sunday morning is going to look like. What about the person that's never had this connection with God, this connection with Christ? Some of you are like John and you've gotten separated. Somewhere along your journey you've gotten separated from Christ and your life has gotten confusing. And we're just like him. We get in that dark, lonely place and we start to wonder and we start to question, God, are you really going to do what you said you were going to do? We also tend to wonder when we're stuck in the past. You know, looking at the past and wondering can be a dangerous thing. There's two words that can haunt your life. If you ask yourself these two words over and over, you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering what could have been. And those two words are, what if? What if? What if I had married somebody else? What if I had majored in something different in college? What if I had been born to different parents? What if I'd made that investment? What if I'd lived in this town? What if I'd never taken the first drink? What if I'd never taken the first pill? What if I'd never taken the first look? And what if? And what if? And what if? Until our lives become consumed with the past. Those two words, what if, will haunt you. The past is not meant to be looked at and say, what if? What if? The past is meant to look at and learn from it. Learn from your past. Don't live in it. The past is just that. It's the past. The Bible says it like this in Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal 
for the prize which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We were not created to live in the past. When we go there, we start to wonder what could have been. And it'll take us to a dark, lonely place. We also wonder because we're afraid of the future. You know, those same two words, what if, can haunt us when we're thinking about the future, just like they can haunt us when we're looking at the past. What if? What if he doesn't love me anymore? What if my business fails? What if I lose my job? What if my kids turn rebellious? What if the plane crashes? What if the car crashes? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we look at the future and think, what if, what if, what if? The Bible calls that worry. And here's what Jesus had to say about it. In Matthew 6, verse 27, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is saying, live for today, I'll take care of the future. Live in in the present and for today, because you don't know what the future is going to bring. I've got that under control. You live and make a difference today. You know, worry is nothing but the wasted use of our imagination. It's the wasted use of our creativity. It's thinking into the future negatively about what you don't want to happen and wasting your creativity and wasting your imagination. So here's John sitting in a prison cell, doubting, wondering, and worrying. Wondering if Jesus is the one while John's in prison, he tells his friends, could you go out and, and kind of check things out for me and, and see if Jesus might be the one that he said he was? Because I'm not really sure about it anymore. And so they go to Jesus and they ask him, hey, John wants to know if you're the one. Jesus did not immediately say, is he crazy? He's seen all this stuff. He's been with me and, and he's, he dare ask if I'm the one. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus also didn't say, yeah, go tell him I'm the one. Listen to what Jesus said. Luke 7, verse 22. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and what you have heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. In other words, he's saying, John, remember the things I've done. John, remember when we were children. John, remember the day you baptized me and you heard this voice coming out of heaven saying, This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. How could you forget that? It's the voice of God and he heard it. And and Jesus is saying, Think back and remember. Remember what you've seen. Remember what you've heard. And he says, Go tell John all this stuff that's going on and he'll be okay. And he'll understand and he'll be just fine. Remembering is a powerful thing. A few months ago, my family and I went back to the town where Cindy and I met, where we went to college. So we took our girls down to this place called Riverfront Park that has this nice boardwalk by the river. And, and we were telling them about how we used to walk by there and hold hands and, and uh, you know, tell each other we love each other and all that stuff. And, and the girls were like, ooh, what are you telling us this for? I was remembering, this is a time when you can say, oh, okay. I was remembering what it was like when my wife and I fell in love. That's nice. And so we, then we drove by the Walmart, which used to be a drive-in movie theater. And I remembered the times that we 
would um, make our own popcorn while we were dating, and we would go out behind McDonald's. Let me finish the story. Don't jump to any conclusions, all right? We would go out behind McDonald's, and we would tune in the drive-in movie theater that you could see through the fence. And I realized we were stealing movies. I understand. We didn't have any money, so we had to do that. And I just remember driving by that Walmart, remembering what it was like when my wife and I were dating and when we fell in love. And some people are going, In the Bible, Jesus tells a whole church full of people, remember what it was like when you first began your faith. Because they had wandered away. They had gotten kind of disconnected from Christ. And Jesus said, remember what it was like when it all began. And if you're wandering in your faith or even in your marriage, remember what it was like when it all began. And your faith can become fresh. It's a chance for your marriage to become fresh. Just to remember what it was like. So today, are you in a dark, lonely place wondering where God is? In your marriage, your job, and your health? And you wonder, God, where, where are you? God will answer. We may not understand, but we can sure count on God to answer even after a period of silence, by just remembering what it was like when he did. Remembering what it was like when we did feel that connection with God. Here's what God has to say about your future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Some of you here today have trusted Christ for a long time, but you've started to wonder. And God says to you, remember what it was like when your faith was hitting on all cylinders. When you felt that connection with me, life was great, your faith was fresh, your faith was new. Remember that. Remember that. Just like he said to John. Remember. Some of you are here just checking out God. Just checking out church to see if it's got anything to offer. If you like LifePoint, if you like God, just trying to see what the deal is. I believe that something drew you here. You may think it was your friend that invited you. I think it was God. I think God drew you here to show you that it's okay to have hard questions. There is no question too hard for God. And whether you've walked with Him for decades, you just started, or you don't walk with Him at all, God says, bring me your questions. It's okay to wonder about me, God says, because I will answer 100% of the time. Maybe not on your timeline, and maybe not in a way you understand immediately, but I will answer. It's okay to question God. We've all been at a place where we want to shake our fist at the sky like the guy did in the clip at the beginning and say, God, what's the deal? I, I don't understand it. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Answer me. We've all been there. Keep asking. Keep wondering. And I promise God will answer.